It's the rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Wednesday, July 7th. Our team preview series rolls on here as fantasy football draft season is officially underway. Yes, that's right, man. Fourth of July. That's the line in the sand for me. So we are there. We are up to Minnesota, the Vikings today on the show. Before I dive into this team, just a reminder that we do have a contest going on. It's really easy to enter. All you have to do is review the show on Apple Podcasts and give the show a rating. And in your review, leave your Twitter handle and you'll be entered in to win a rant t-shirt, the logo of this podcast on a t-shirt. Does it get better than that? Well, yes, it does. But it's still pretty cool. And hey, it's free. So I appreciate everybody who's done that so far. Uh, Continue to do so. Even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, it helps if you review it there. It's pretty easy to do. Anybody, I I could figure it out, so you could too. All right, so let's dive into the Minnesota Vikings here. And, you know, we'll start with Kirk Cousins because his days are certainly numbered in a Minnesota Vikings uniform. I don't think that's something that happens this year, though I don't want to rule it out, and I'll talk about that in just a second. But Cousins' contract is up after next season, and really after this year, the Vikings could kind of safely get out uh, of Kirk Cousins without a, a massive cap hit or any. This year it would have been. But uh, after this season, they can, they can move on. And it looks like the writing is on the wall for them to move on because it was widely circulated that they were very much interested in trading up to the number eight spot in this year's NFL draft that was with the Carolina Panthers. And that would have been to take Justin Fields. Ultimately, they don't get the deal done. Fields goes at 11. Minnesota finally addresses there was that mini run of quarterbacks on day two this year. So you had Kyle Trasco, then immediately Kellen Mond, and then Davis Mills uh, right after that. So they addressed the position with Mond. And honestly, outside of the big five this year, you know, your big five of Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones, I had Kellen Mond number six. I think Kellen Mond is the most likely to be an NFL starter out of Trask, Mond, and Mills for the long haul. That doesn't guarantee anything, but I see a lot of similarities between Mond and Dak Prescott. You know, Prescott was an unheralded rookie who came in, and obviously he's not unheralded anymore, but the track record at the college level was pretty impressive. And I would say the same thing for Kellen Mond. Not early in his career. He really developed over four years, but he had the luxury of four years. He was a four-year starter. So I don't think we can just simply gloss over that. Mond is a really interesting name in Deep Dynasty. Of course, the NFL has a a way of setting these types of things up. How many times have we seen it? I mean, Dak Prescott taking over for Tony Romo, right? Of course, uh, also the quintessential Tom Brady for Drew Bledsoe. So, hey, does the NFL set things up where somehow Kirk Cousins gets, and I'm not saying the NFL does this, I'm saying like cosmically, where Kirk Cousins gets hurt and then Kellen Mond takes over? Who who knows? But as of right now, let's just evaluate Cousins as it is. This is a run-heavy offense, so we're not going to see 600-plus passing attempts out of Kirk Cousins. But what we have seen over the course of his career is he's more than capable of putting up solid quarterback two numbers with occasional maybe back-end quarterback one potential. Not a high ceiling, but a pretty high floor. Sometimes a little frustrating because, as I mentioned, it is a run-heavy offense. But think about what this guy has done in 
Five of his last six seasons, he's been over 4,000 passing yards. He's coming off a 35-touchdown season, and that's his second time top in 30 passing scores in the last three years. And here's the last six, 29, 25, 27, 30, 26, 35. That's pretty freaking good right there. Now, he is Kirk Cousins, and again, not a super high ceiling by any means, but relatively safe late-round guy, and honestly, for me, a pretty ideal two-quarterback or super-flex guy because he gives you that nice high floor, but you don't have to pay a first-round, second-round, or even third-round price for him in a 12-team league. He's like a fourth or a fifth-round price, really, uh, in those super-flex leagues, and he's a late-round guy and one quarterback. And what I really like about him is the fact that that you have all of these receiving weapons. It is, you know, really top-heavy with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, but you have some tight ends to throw the ball to. You have a little bit of depth here, B.C. Johnson, Chad Beebe. But really, you know, you have these, you have two really good receivers in Jefferson and Thielen. So let's talk about these guys, because obviously Jefferson is coming off of one of the greatest rookie seasons we've ever seen from a wide receiver in the NFL. From a statistical standpoint, you put that season that Jefferson had last year up there with the greats. And I'm talking, you know, even a former Minnesota great in Randy Moss. And I'm not saying Jefferson's, well, he's a different type of player than Randy Moss. But regardless, the numbers stack up. They're right up there. So what do we get for an encore? And that is a tricky thing to project because when you're coming off of a historically good year, can you project another historically good year, right? We've run into this dilemma with quarterbacks all the time. I've said it like Lamar Jackson last year, Patrick Mahomes the year before. Like we can't expect historically good production every year or else it's not historically good, right? So with Jefferson right now, projecting out 134 in terms of targets, 87 catches, 13 hunch. Receiving yards, 1303 to be precise, and then seven touchdowns. That That's top 10 right there. And I know it feels a little light with the touchdowns maybe, but remember, Thielen was the more productive in that area last year. But regardless, will Jefferson repeat last year's productive ways? I think yes. I think this was not a fluke. The guy was a stud at LSU. He stepped right in and said, I'm a stud. He said, Stephon Diggs, who? To the Minnesota crowd, right? Hey, you got me now? And for fantasy purposes, every bit a wide receiver one. He's going to be a second, late second or early third round pick in a lot of leagues, 12 teamers this year, your home leagues that are one quarterback. So let's talk about Thielen next. But before that, I'm going to take a quick break and then we'll unpack Adam Thielen. So the changing of the guard was inevitable. Adam Thielen is no spring chicken. And, well, Justin Jefferson is a a spring chicken. Uh, Must be nice, Justin Jefferson. But Adam Thielen now uh, north of 30. This actually be his age 31 season. And that is typically the time when we start to see uh, the, you know, these guys, the production declines a little bit. The efficiency declines a little bit. Uh, He is coming off a career-best 14-touchdown season, but the target numbers did drop off last year as targets shifted to Justin Jefferson. So last year, only 108 targets in 15 games. He topped out in 2018 with 153. He was almost a 10-target-a-game guy that year. Uh, 925, 74 uh, 74 receptions last year for 
Thielen. So I, I think we still see those numbers continue to sort of dip off. But as I mentioned, where he's really going to add value is with that touchdown production. I'm not saying 14 again, but the numbers are very bullish. I could see nine or 10 touchdowns out of Adam Thielen. Absolutely. I could see 70 plus catches and 900 plus yards. That's back end wide receiver two production. He currently projects out at wide receiver 20, and I don't think you have to take him there. So that's at least a good thing. You're going to get feeling there's a lot of times this year where I've done mock drafts or uh, industry drafts or best ball drafts where Adam Thielen is coming in as my third receiver. To get a nice high floor guy like that with some touchdown potential as your third receiver, that's not a bad spot. Now, I like it for redraft. I will say this. We're already past our window in Dynasty to trade him away. My Dynasty criteria points for these guys, eight years in a league, which will, this will be eight years in a league for Thielen because his rookie year, uh, he was actually 24 years old. But age 29, well, he's 31 this year. 29 is when I want to look to, to trade these guys away. And the reason why I do that, if you're new to this sort of concept, I don't want to run these guys into the ground because I'm you're not picking anybody up off of waivers of any value if you have to cut a veteran. Say you run Adam Thielen into the ground, you have to cut him in a dynasty league. What are you getting from him? Nothing. Nada. So I would rather maximize trade value jumping off Trying to time that apex. Now, if you would have traded him at 29, uh, you pr- I mean, you're timing it rather well, although the 29 was the injury year. Even if you traded him last year, it's you're never going to time it perfectly, but at least you get something in return for him as opposed to what you're picking up off of waivers. I just mentioned the other wideouts here, by the way. Chad Beebe, Ola B.C. Johnson, really not much there. I, I know some people are looking at Amir Smith-Marset. I view him more as a special teamer, at least out of the gate. We'll see if there's anything there for the long term with Smith Smith Marset, but you know, the rookie's gonna be a special teamer primarily. Be careful with the tight ends. I have adjusted Irv Smith. Initially, I was pretty bullish. I had him as high as eleven at one point. Then he settled in at twelve, but recent comments by Mike Zimmer have suggested that it's not like Kyle Rudolph out of the mix means all those targets now shift over to Irv Smith. In fact, Mike Zimmer talked up Tyler Conklin as a guy who's going to take a big step forward. Now, that doesn't mean Conklin's going to be fantasy relevant. Smith is still the fantasy guy, but it does put a cap on Smith. If they're going to be using 12 personnel a lot and Conklin's going to be out there, those balls are going to get distributed around. Kirk Cousins doesn't give a darn about us for fantasy purposes at all. Now, I do love Irv Smith from an athletic standpoint. Dude's a specimen. But he's also not going to be much more than a 3-for-32 guy, unfortunately. And in fact, that's basically almost spot on what I'm projecting him at. I have met 50 catches, 497 yards, 4 touchdowns. Sure, there's a high ceiling here. But there's a lot of volatility. So, you know, tight end, I, I hate the volatility of tight end. And, and I don't want to endorse going and drafting one of the big three tight ends. But I wouldn't talk you out of it if you really want to nail the the position down. Because once you get outside of even the top six, maybe even the top five, you're going to get a lot of weekly volatility. It's so rare to have consistent weekly, high-end weekly production at the position. It's just the nature of the beast, unfortunately. 
All right, so let's move over to running back. Dalvin Cook is an absolute stud. He's coming off of uh, another impressive season. And fortunately last year, so he did miss time, but it didn't come at the end of the season. Remember in uh, 2019, he missed week 16. So that was no fun. He, he missed week, uh, what was it, week six or seven last year. Whatever week wasn't their bye week. I guess it was week six. I don't have the bye week in front of me, but regardless... Missed the one game and came right back week eight, number one, fantasy running back. Week nine, number one, fantasy running back. Not in week 10, but then week 11, number one, fantasy running back. So bang, 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 three out of four weeks. Uh, Didn't finish particularly strong in week 16, but you know what? Overall, a really solid campaign. Number two running back on the season. Uh, averaged 24.1 fantasy points per game. That was up from 20.9 in 2019. I mean, a dude's a stud. And what I love about him in particular is the red zone usage. He is going to be used so heavily in the red zone. It is a run-heavy offense. Mike Zimmer wants to run the football, and Dalvin Cook is going to do most of that work. 280 carries projected, 1258 and 11 touchdowns. 53 catches, 458 and two touchdowns. That's number two. For me, it is clear it's Christian McCaffrey one, it's Dalvin Cook two, and then we can start the discussion after that point in one quarterback drafts this year. Now, of course, Alexander Madison is a premium handcuff. He'll be worked in a little bit, but won't get much work unless Dalvin Cook goes down, so keep that in mind if you're going to draft him. They drafted Kenny Nwangwu, but he's not. You know, he's basically Mike Boone 2.0 for this roster. It's really all about Cook for the Minnesota Vikings. All right, so that is going to wrap it up here. Next, New England. Uh Uh-oh, Mac Jones. That'll be tomorrow on the podcast. In the meantime, at Jeff Rackliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Rackliffe on Instagram, use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. And don't forget, check out all the great fantasy content. Fantasy HQ over at ftnfantasy.com. All right, I will catch you on the flip side for another edition of The Pod. I'm Jeff Radcliffe, and I'm out of here.